Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Welcome to this week's edition of the Insane Things Podcast, where we count down the most insane stories of the week with one caveat. These are things we've never seen before that could change everything. Insane thing number seven. It was a small thing, but I spent two days thinking about it because it crystallizes the absolute horror and degeneration of what blue state American culture has become. You simply cannot put your children in their schools. The article was in the UK Daily Mail about Scott Smith, the father of the girl raped in a school bathroom by a boy wearing a skirt who the administration had let in because, you know, he said he was a girl or something. The dad was, of course, the guy we saw on TV scuffling at the school board meeting, an all-out physical brawl, really, as they dragged him off. And the mainstream media ran that clip over and over in the summer of 2021 to justify the FBI cracking down on parents who commented at liberal school board meetings as domestic terrorists. Well, we very quickly find out why they stripped the audio out of the clip and only showed the struggle with the police. He was screaming and yelling about his daughter being raped in the bathroom by the boy in the skirt. Can't have that on national TV. Messes up the visual. Anyway, he was later charged with the crime by the lunatic liberal Soros DA in that county. And then we'd later learn the rest of this story that that boy in a skirt to cover up his crimes, the sodomy he committed in the bathroom was just quietly transferred to another school by the superintendent of the school system where he sexually assaulted another girl and was ultimately convicted in both crimes. Anyway, Scott Smith, the guy dragged out by police in June 2021 in Loudoun County at the school board meeting, he's back in the news this week because no, no less than the governor of Virginia, a Republican, thank God, for now, that's a blue state, but the governor of Virginia pardoned him for his supposed crime and the liberal lunatic source DA there was outraged. She couldn't put him in jail for a bit for, you know, objecting to the transgender rape. Anyway, none of that's the craziest part. No, it's this. This that perfectly captures the utter degeneracy of liberal culture. Here's what the UK Daily Mail wrote that got me so spin out. I didn't know this before. And this is uh, about the rape that occurred in the in, in the girls bathroom at Stonebright High School in the May 2021 attack Smith's daughter 
was pinned to the floor by the rapist who was wearing a skirt and assaulted by the boy inside a restroom stall. They wrote, quote, with a teacher later testifying that she saw two pairs of feet but did not interfere. After abortion, sexual intercourse of the basest kind is the highest sacrament in their religion. It is. Their religion is an anti-religion. And this right here is the height of blue culture. A teacher's moral compass so warped that she sees that on the floor and does not intervene, not wanting to, you know, interrupt. Want another example of celebrated blue culture degeneracy? I got to throw this one in. Remember the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, the LGBT satanic activist group that likes to diss Christians while openly worshiping the Antichrist as part of their pro-gay? Horrific. I mean, you just got to see the videos online. Displays. You know the group who was honored by the L.A. Dodgers earlier this year as Christians prayed thousands of them outside the stadium and temporarily blocked the entrance? Yeah, I thought I'd give a little update on what one of the drag queens who was honored that day at the L.A. Dodgers stadium has been up to ever since. He's arrested by the Humboldt County Sheriff's Department after he spent an hour masturbating in his car with the door wide open. So the children playing on the playground of the county park in Lolita in California could see it. What's amazing to me is this went on for a full hour before he was finally arrested. Quote, exposing himself in the driver's seat of a parked vehicle. One witness to the crime told the Daily Wire, quote, there's something wrong with that man. He's got a weird effing desire to show off to the public, to anybody who wants to look at him. He puts himself in a position And in a spot that you can't help but look at the son of a blank. By the way, when this man, his name is Clinton Moore, Ellis Gilmore, is not masturbating at children's parks or receiving awards for his activism from the L.A. Dodgers, you know what he does? Oh, you got to see this picture. He reads books to kids in full drag as part of Drag Queen Story Hour. Yep, he did that at the local Peninsula Elementary School. Wonder if this arrest will slow him down at all or he'll just be back for the next drag queen story hour. By the way, though they were called for comment, the L.A. Dodgers don't have one. At least not yet. Not to the Daily Caller. Insane thing number two brought to you by Laura Ingram with a warning for all parents. That bill in California that's really close to becoming law would criminalize any parent who does not celebrate and allow the transition of their child to another gender, even if that means physically castrating them and mutilating them. Here's how close this thing is to becoming law, she warned. A new law being proposed in California that would allow the state to remove a child from his or her own parents if the parents refuse to affirm the child's new gender identity. And worse... The parents could even be charged with a crime, child abuse. Now, it's this close to becoming law. It passed in the state Senate, the Assembly, and now it's just waiting for Governor Gavin Newsom's signature. What are you going to do, Gav? If you think for a second that this is never going to happen in your state or where you live. Insane thing number five. 
Two weeks ago, the Democrats felt really safe, and they should have. Because douchebag Kevin McCarthy, the traitorous scalawag leader of the Republicans, was still pretending that he needed a vote to launch an impeachment inquiry. He doesn't. He could do it without a vote. He was whining and complaining, oh, he just didn't have the votes. Poor Kev. And the Democrats felt safe. They were clearly caught off guard when Kev reversed course and said, actually, an impeachment inquiry would be fine with him. But the real panic ensued this week after a key interview by Representative Nancy Mace on CNN, where she calmly explained to the Democrats that it's going to be oh so much worse than you think. The impeachment inquiry's purpose isn't to impeach Joe. That's not happening. The Democrats control the Senate. No, no, no. It's to get Joe's bank records. And she reminded them they had already seen the litany of his crimes. She even named them money laundering, bribery tax evasion. They'd even watched the money move through his accounts in the SAR reports. They just couldn't show to the public because those SAR reports are confidential. But she said impeachment would give them the power to finally go after, with supercharged subpoenas, the bank records. Joe's bank records. And she, she even told CNN that having seen the SAR reports, those are filed by banks by law, uh, including Bank of America, do- America documenting what, you know, clearly are crimes by the Bidens. There's over 200 of them, an astonishing number for a group of people other than a cartel or a major terrorism organization. And she said the amount of money moving through the 20 Biden LLCs is shocking. So shocking it made her blush. The public deserves to see it, she said, and they would. And the Republicans would use the impeachment inquiry. Understand this was a shock to the Democrats because up till weeks to two weeks ago, Kev was protecting Biden. Immediately, panic ensued. Newt Gingrich was on television correctly identifying the Washington Post David Ignatius as the deep state's true well-known voice in Washington. So Ignatius, within 24 hours of the Mace interview, threw the gauntlet down. Maybe it's time for Joe Biden to go after all. Why? Well, I mean, they're going into the bank accounts. They're going back to the source. They go back to the source. They're going to find all the other money transfers to the rest of the leadership of the Democrat Party. Panic had ensued. It was hilarious to watch. Now, you can't count on Kevin McCarthy or Nancy Mace for anything. But for her to even say this elicited the correct response from the Democrats. Oh, dear God. What if the Republicans do it? It would shatter the swamp. Or at least people would know what their leaders really are an international criminal conspiracy, the greatest crime syndicate on earth. Now, here's what's so insane. I mean, besides all of that, the filing deadline, it's in a month. Meaning, if the Democrats intend to replace Joe Biden on the ballot with Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama, they've got till October 16 to do so. Because that's the first filing deadline. It's in Nevada, a key swing state. If whoever it is that they're going to get to run in Joe's place doesn't file by October 16 in Nevada, they won't be on the general election ballot, which means they've either got to commit to old Joe this month or find someone else quickly. That is going to make for a fascinating month to watch politics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your 
Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast, you'll be glad you did. Insane thing number four. The UAW strike, or rather the demands of the striking workers, a four-day work week, and, well, I'll let the Ford CEO tell you the rest. There's no way we can meet them. Uh, at where, that's why for the last two weeks we've been putting realistic offers on that we can actually invest in the future. There's no way we can pay people $300,000 to work four-day work weeks. We would have lost $15 billion and closed you know, most of our plants in the last couple of years. That's not a future. So we're not going to do a deal like that. Okay, let me tell you what's really going on here. This is all theater. It's a record triple strike. Um, across three automakers at the same time. Let me tell you what they really want. The unions are in lockstep here with the Biden administration, although it'll look like they're protesting the Biden administration. What they want to do is socialize the production of EVs. In other words, these workers become essentially government employees and the government subsidizes their salaries. Remember when I read to you that front page mag story where Biden was going to mandate that 60 plus percent of the new car fleet be EVs by 2035? And front page mag pointed out that 51 percent of American families couldn't buy a new EV today because they wouldn't qualify for the loan. Folks, the UAW has figured out this isn't happening without basically massive subsidies. In other words, the government will go full communist and pay for the production of these cars. This is just the workers trying to get there faster before the uh, Chinese, who are also making the parts, um, go ahead and bust down their wages. Um, And look, the Democrats want this too. They want to get to communism. They want to take over the grid, the water, the food, as I've explained in the past, but also the production of anything related to climate change, which they can do with the Lever Act. That includes what? EVs. So what this is, is a starting salvo. What they want is subsidization for their salaries for the production of EVs. So this is a blue versus blue production uh, with the UAW, Biden, and maybe even the automakers on board. Because the automakers know they can't meet these mandates either. There is no way they can affordably sell these cars. Especially not with Joe Biden helping to ensure that the world's lithium mines fall into the hands of the Chinese while subsequently closing our lithium mines here in America so that we can't cheaply make this stuff. That gives the Chinese the ability to charge whatever they want. And so everybody knows, Ford knows, this is a, this is a dead-end game. I mean, long-term... Um, They're going to need major government subsidies on these cars. By the way, who's going to profit from all that? China, of course. They're the ones who pay Joe the most. So that's the game here. Keep your eye on it. Want to pause here for just one minute to thank PhD Weight Loss for making this podcast possible. The people in my office call it the PhD look. That's when you lose a lot of weight and look super healthy. First, my producer lost 100 pounds. Then our news director lost 40 Then my boss was about 30 pounds into a 60-pound weight loss when I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick with this. I lost 25 pounds. That has made such a difference on a 5'2 body. Listen, you can do this too from wherever you are. In fact, there's somebody doing the PhD weight loss program in all 50 states because you could do it from home over Zoom. 
From the comfort of your home, you can meet with their awesome coaches and do the whole program. In fact, many of their clients prefer it that way. It's much more convenient. To find out more about PhD Weight Loss and what it could do for you, go to myphdweightloss.com. That's myphdweightloss.com. And ask them about the home plan, myphdweightloss.com. Insane thing number three, the CIA bribed its own analysts to lie about the origins of COVID, which, of course, as we know, was made in the Wuhan lab after the Pentagon and Fauci uh, and other CIA and FBI contractors transferred the deadly technology to the Chinese to kill us all for reasons that are probably kind of terrifying, if you could even imagine what they'd be. Yeah, so it's understandable that the CIA uh, wouldn't want anyone to know where COVID came from, even though we'd all later find out. Anyway, we learned this week that the CIA bribed, for apparently a large amount of money, their own analysts to lie about the origins of COVID. They then took those lies, and the administration turned around and used them to censor people on the internet who were telling the truth about the origins. A new allegation from inside the CIA says the agency allegedly tried to bribe employees to change their opinion about the origins of COVID-19. Letters obtained by Fox News Digital say, quote, a CIA whistleblower told Congress that the agency offered officials on a team investigating COVID-19 origins, quote, significant monetary incentive to change their positions from that it originated out of a leak from the Wuhan lab to unable to determine the origin. So this CIA whistleblower says that six of the seven investigators came to the conclusion that Wuhan originated from the, or COVID originated from the Wuhan lab. After the money was offered, they changed their tune. An allegation from a whistleblower, but he is, he or she is described as a multi-decade senior level current agency officer. If this is true, then what? Fox News talking head Todd Pyro answered a question. It really does beg the question, can Americans trust their CIA? And it adds to that whole line of thinking. Can we trust our FBI? Any of the people that are supposed to protect us. Finally, insane thing number two, inflation. It spiked back up bigly over the last two months, most especially in August. Worse yet, as Kevin Hassett pointed out on Laura Ingram, a key measure of where inflation is going in the coming months shot back through the roof to as high as it ever was during the height of inflation last year. It's the producer price index, and it measured the, measures the prices people are having to pay to producers for goods that haven't hit the shelves yet. Because they haven't hit the shelves yet, you haven't bought them yet, and they're not part of the inflation measure. But they're headed right at you through the supply chain. This is going to hurt, folks. One of the other things that came out today is the producer price index, which both the the producer price index and the consumer price index radically accelerated. And so we just had a month for producer prices that was about the same as the peak of inflation last year. And so this idea that inflation is going away because the Inflation Reduction Act, another lie that he keeps telling, uh, is just false. It's not in the data. Inflation's coming back and lives are going to go down from those terrible numbers we just talked about. That's going to hurt after this shocking new record we just hit this week. As reported by Edmonds, average monthly car payment for new vehicles, average folks, financed hit an all-time high of 738 bucks in August. That was only two weeks ago. The Wall Street Journal was saying that cars are slipping out of the affordability range of the middle class, that two-car ownership for the average family is going to become one-car ownership. They simply can't afford it. 
Can you imagine an inflation spike on top of that? Here are the raw numbers from the census. Just to give you an idea of the level of pain another inflation spike would cause on top of the increases in prices that have accrued over the last three years since Biden took office. Just on the basics, okay? Food at home from the grocery store, up 20%. Food away from home, restaurant, 20%. New cars, up 22%. Electricity, 24% higher. Used cars, up 32%. So no shortcut there. You're going to pay out the nose if you can afford a car at all. Gas utilities, up 34%. That's your natural gas. Home prices, 40% increase. Oh, my gosh. And rents, 23% increase. This is going to break the back of the American people. The only thing that will stop this coming increase in inflation is if Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans find the guts to hold the line and shut down the government to stop another spike in printing and spending. If they don't, we're doomed. You can already see it in the supply chain prices. They're headed right at us. An insane thing, number one, the numbers that had Fox News reeling, they ran them on a loop, which means they must have struck a chord with people and showed up in the ratings. I can see why. The $4,000 hit under Joe Biden to real wages per year on average for the average American family of four. This is devastating. On the back end of this, I'll compare it to the gains we got under Trump. It'll drop your jaw. First, Kevin Hassett on Fox News. That same census report says if you go back to right before the pandemic, the incomes, real incomes for the median family are down $4,000, $4,000 per family. And that's what Biden's cost us. And he's out there, you know, basically spreading lies about the economy. It's really quite stunning. You put that $4,000 per family real wage drop on top of those price increases I just gave you, and you've got an incredible amount of pain. Just as a reference point, What was it like under Trump? Well, after those three years, families were left with all-time high wages, but also the fastest two-year wage gain ever recorded in U.S. financial history. That's about 60 years we've been keeping track. So the real median wages under Trump got up to about $78,250. I know that off the top of my head, Um, which was staggering (laughs) because that was up over, was it about $7,000 all in? Uh, in his three years in office. And yeah. even compared to 2020 at the height of the pandemic, Kevin, um, the wages then were higher in real uh, median income terms than they are now. So Biden yeah. can't even yeah, beat right. Trump about 4, in 2020. Yeah, and real incomes dropped, you know, almost uh, $2,000 just in 2022. And and so Biden's inflationary policies, everybody knows that they're harming lives. And What is all this added up to? That's this week's insane thing. Number one, Joe Biden did something that would be hard to do if you set out with it as your economic goal, at least as fast as he did it anyway. He doubled the poverty rate among single parent households in just three years. We just found out from the census that there's a humanitarian crisis in America. In 2021, 11% of single-family moms' uh, families were below the poverty line. And we just found out that it's doubled. It's 22% of Americans. And so, so Bidenomics is destroying lives all around the country because he's created inflation and real wages are declining. 
Also doubled this week, the percentage of children living in poverty from 5% when Trump left office to over 12% today. Way to go, Joe. This is for sure. The Democrats are not the party of the poor anymore. They're the party of Wall Street and money printing. The party that 80% of Wall Street donations now go to. They don't give a damn about the people of East Palestine or the people of Maui or the children of this country. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.